0: Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace, the podcast that's out here to strive to get our minds right, to get us feeling good and to get us involved in our world. Okay. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today I have with me Jennifer Munro. Jennifer Munro runs a business. It's called Life Lessons. She is a coach. It's different than counseling. It's different than therapy. So the amazing question that we always ask at the very beginning of this show, this is the thing that is nostalgic and it's just the simplest question ever. Who is Jennifer Monroe? So please, Miss Monroe, take the floor and tell us all about yourself and give us a little insight in what you do.
1: So what I do is that I'm an ADHD and academic coach. I work primarily with struggling students. Uh, high school and college students, and I help them live their dreams. Oh, that sounds so cliche, Um, but it's true. Um, People with ADHD, people who don't fit into a neat category at school, kids who are struggling, they're not going to be your nine-to-fivers they're going to be your surfers, your dancers, your music producers, your podcasters. (laughs) And I want to help them find the path to their wonderfully unusual life.
0: Okay. Okay. Now let's go back a little bit. You told us about what you did, but you didn't tell us about
1: you. Oh, I didn't. Did I?
0: So can we (laughs) get a little information about you?
1: Sure. Um, my name, again, is Jennifer Monroe. Um, one thing to know about me is I'm a digital nomad. I live in a Jeep and a gypsy trailer, and I travel North America with my pet rabbit, Thor. Right now, we are in Colorado at 11,500 feet outside of Leadville. I grew up in Maryland and I went to Towson University. Baltimore, Baltimore, okay. Baltimore, I love Baltimore. Um, It's my favorite city. I'd rather be out in nature, so I spend a lot of time in West Virginia, in Virginia, out in the mountains, but if I'm going to be in a city, I want to be in Baltimore.
0: All right, so I'll tell you a quick crazy little bit real fast if you don't mind. Sure. Just, just over two weeks ago um, with the type of job I do, um, I travel a lot. I was actually in Baltimore. I was staying down at the Baltimore Orioles uh, at the Hampton Inn right there by the stadium. So I got to yes. go uh, over to Townsend. In Townsend, there's this little small um, – at the university on the corner, there's this little small – um food truck that makes a certain type of food called halal or something like that it's however they pray uh-huh. over the food or something halal. so i would hello yeah i was just at this this place eating this food in at townsend i drove 45 minutes out of my way just to go there so that's <laughs> ironic that you said townsend and uh owen mills is another place that i like to uh venture to when i'm out there but anyway let's go on a little bit about you so what
1: got you into doing what you're doing today um i hate to admit it but i had a life crisis i was the person in need for a while. I have bipolar disorder, which affects my executive functioning skills, which is very similar to what happens to people with ADHD. I actually saw a chart online talking about how much time a person loses to their mental illness. Uh, Which includes not just being sick, but going to doctor's appointments, um, doing exercises, or counseling. And what I found was that they said, bipolar disorder will take 40% of your life. And that could have been a horrible moment. That could have been a very depressing thing to read. But instead, I said... then i better go out and live that 60 percent if i'm only getting 60 we better go do this i can watch star trek when i'm sick (laughs) and i changed my life i moved back home to maryland for a while and then into west virginia into martinsburg okay and from there i started studying um not just about me but about executive functioning in general. I moved to Colorado for a little while and I worked at a correctional halfway house working with felons who were trying to work their way out of the system. And I fell in love with them and that work. And it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I said, this this is what I want to do. I want to work with these people I want to be the help they didn't get before they ended up in here.
0: Okay, and I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I, from there, I took some courses. I am sorry, there's a (laughs) B. I took a lot of courses on executive functioning disorder, on education, psychology, sociology, and Got my coaching certificate. I'm just about to get that this month. Yay. And I started coaching high school kids. And from there, I've just been growing my business and working with my students who I just adore.
0: Okay. So let's get to this nitty gritty real quick. What is the difference between coaching and counseling? Because therapy is 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 a different directive. Uh, when it comes to things, but counseling and coaching can kind of sometimes run parallel. So what is the difference to you?
1: So that's a great question. And a lot of people ask it, and I hope to let people know the difference. Coaching helps you with your now. Counseling helps you work with your past and come to terms with it. And, integrated into your life in a healthy way i'm the person that helps you find your keys (laughs) we i work with my students so that we look at what's going on in their life now what obstacles they're facing how do we fix the problem or work around the problem i'm a big fan of things like failure (laughs) (laughs) I, you're not going to hear that from a lot of counselors. I want you to fail. I want you to go out, do amazing things and fail <laughs> because in the end, that's the only way you're going to learn. Uh, and you might learn, boy, I don't want to do that again. But now, you know, you know, for sure. And that's a big part of what we do is deal with now, today, what's going on in your life. And how do we get from here to where you want to be?
0: Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, how do you differentiate your approach um, when helping someone? Because obviously uh, dealing with these disorders, it's multifaceted. So so what's the normal approach that you have to start off with with someone? Say, like, I bring my son to you. He's autistic, but he, uh, he graduated from... Uh, in his special needs to go into regular classes, so obviously he regular. has some struggles in his attention span. He has PPD and OS, so his attention span is is low. Sometimes it has something has to stimulate him to keep going. So, what advice would you give him on finding stimulation inside of the? We're not gonna call it the norm, but we'll say in the general classroom that he that he can't get any more from being in, uh, you know, the instruct the special instruction classes.
1: Okay. I actually, I work with a lot of people who have spectrum disorder, uh, people with learning disabilities. These often go hand in hand with ADHD and executive functioning disorders. Here's my advice. Stop trying. You're not good at it. (laughs) It's okay. If your attention isn't being grabbed in class, then don't learn it in class. Let's learn it after school. Let's get some YouTube videos, some books, a tutor, something that's going to grab your attention during class. You know, I don't want you to be disruptive. I teach my students to doodle um, while they take notes or to make low origami animals, things that keep their mind and hands busy. But If you're not getting your attention grabbed, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's if that classroom setting isn't for you, that's okay. We're gonna find a way to work around it.
0: Okay. So working collaboratively with the parents, um, and in some cases, obviously you have to deal with some of their teachers because it's like, it's a group effort. It's it's a village helping a student. Have you found any difficulties thus far like with communication? Because, you know, like you said, you're off the grid. So, you know, cell phone service, Wi-Fi and things like that. You have to put yourself in a position to be near
1: some type of signal. I do. Um, I have three hotspots and two computers. (laughs) I love being out in nature. So I do like to be off grid when I can be, obviously. Not often, but I can get right up to the edge of the grid. (laughs) (laughs) I check out every place I'm going to be before I'm going to be there. Uh, Either I go there or somebody else I know who lives van life will be here. And they'll let me know what the Wi-Fi signal is like. There's actually an app for where people contribute oh i was at lake meredith in texas and i got a great wi-fi signal on at so then i know that and i pull out my at hotspot and use that um you'd be amazed nowadays where you can go and get a great signal <laughs> <laughs> okay okay and,
0: and i and like that because that, that uh, helps people understand more of the process with you so I need to dig a little bit deeper into you because I got to make you a little bit more personable to, to the audience. So when, okay. so when dealing with the, these uh, students, and these students can range from high school to college um, with you. And uh, if you do need to get any reference parents or even someone that knows someone that needs help, head over to www.lifelessonsbyjennifer.com. That's a easy way to get things started. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it is. Okay, so I, go ahead. I am also on Facebook, Instagram, and if you want to see my travels, I'm on YouTube. Okay, so there's Under, a YouTube. Oh, look, it's a bunny. Oh, look, it's a bunny. Okay, so, so dealing with all the stuff and
0: in, in being on the road, you do have your animal with you, and I know you have different companions and different people you visit with, but how do you take care of yourself like self-care? Because being in solitude gives you a higher sense of being like a higher intellect. Like when I'm alone, I can focus more. I can get more things done. I can get rid of mental anguish. So what do you do and what are your processes? And the reason I'm asking this is because when a customer client um, or anyone, you know, starts doing business with you, that's the one thing that people will never ask and ever wonder about the actual person that's helping.
1: That's a great question. Um, this is my self-care. I used to live in a house and work from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. and make dinner and and no that did not work that was bad and one day I realized I don't have to sit still the great thing about being a nomad is I can get up and move if I'm not feeling inspired by where I am if I'm not enjoying myself I leave. I go someplace new. Sometimes I will travel with others. Um, Right now I'm traveling with a friend of mine who lives in a school bus. Um, Other times I like to be alone. I do enjoy that solitude. I find very much like you do. I am much more efficient. I'm much more productive when I'm on my own. And this is my self care. This is how I make myself happy.
0: Okay. And I thank you for that because that's one thing that when people can recognize that it makes them want your service more That it makes them want to, to engage more. And that's something that gets lost in translation when you're doing business because people are like, Hey, I want to do this, do this, do this, do da do, 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 do and. You know they never ask about you technically, and I mean I know in some places uh, they don't have to ask about you. but Still, it's a good thing to know. So you've already told us about being a digital nomad. Uh, you've told us about your bunny, um, or your—it's a bunny, not a rabbit, right?
1: It a uh, bunnies live in houses or trailers. Rabbits live out in the woods. Okay, that's my thinking. Okay, so
0: um, with your your bunny being with you uh do you have talks with your bunny sometimes to acknowledge things that are going on? Do you let your bunny be in on some of your functions yes. just to
1: oh my goodness yes um nobody's ever asked me that that's great i do i talk to my bunny a lot and another thing that i do is i often congratulate my bunny on a job on a job well done uh it's a step in the process We're so quick to find fault with ourselves. And we're always our own worst critic. What I tell people is you need to congratulate yourself, but that always feels so weird to people. (laughs) You know? So, what I do is I say, well, then congratulate your pet. Say, you know what, Thor, you did a great job in class today. (laughs) And I'll even tell him, you know, did you see his, you know, the student smile when we suggested that he do this? Did you, you know, hear the student when we talked to him about his problems? Um, I kind of connect with my rabbit and give him a lot of credit as a way of congratulating myself. Okay.
0: Okay. And inside of the services you offer, could you break down some of the services that you offer?
1: Yes. Um, so I do academic and ADHD coaching. We'll go over your life, your dreams, your obstacles, and see if we can't create the life that you really want to live. People know about coaching. Another uh, service I offer is what's called body doubling.
0: Okay. What is that?
1: Now, have you ever been sitting around and somebody in the house is cleaning And you just feel compelled to go clean. Yes. Yes. That is body doubling. When somebody is with you doing what you're supposed to be doing, you feel compelled to do it too. I work with students where my job is to sit there and to work. So they see me working and they work along with me. Then I'm also there because I have taught, I am a tutor, so I'm there for questions. And it motivates students to get their work done, get that homework done, especially when you have trouble focusing. There's somebody there to call you out and go, I noticed you've been looking out the window for about four minutes. I think we're done looking out the window. Let's get back. And that's one of my favorite things to do because students at the end will say, wow, I got, you know, three chapters done today and I didn't think I was going to get through them, but just seeing somebody else work made them want to work too.
0: Okay. And I like that concept. Yeah. It's it it's surprisingly effective. <laughs> now, um, I mean, over on your website, I noticed that you have a blog on there.
1: I do. I try to keep up with it, but I have my own procrastination issues. I even have a blog entry about why I haven't blogged in a while because of my procrastination. I try to take a casual conversational approach. If you look at my blog, you'll notice the first thing that the first entry is a pep talk. I want people to feel good. I want people to know that, yeah, there are things that are going on in your life that you're not happy with, but that doesn't mean your life is unhappy. So I will talk about things like why I haven't blogged in a while. And I'll talk about procrastination and how we can use procrastination in a positive way. My latest blog post is me falling off of a motorcycle whoa (laughs) i was recently at the overland expo and a friend of mine said come on you got to go try to drive a motorcycle and they had a little demonstration and mini lessons and boy i fell on my butt so hard (laughs) (laughs) and he got it all on film and i got up And I was laughing and I was having the best time. It was the most amazing experience. And I didn't feel as if it was a bad experience because I fell. I felt like it was a great experience. I'd never fallen off of a motorcycle before. That was great. And I remember I got up, I'm laughing and my friend's, got my phone and i'm like did you get that did you get that on film and he's like yeah i got it on film I'm like that's going on youtube baby <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that kind of stuff happens with your blogs so going forward what are your plans for the future what what can we find it find coming from you um outside of this because here's a crazy thing in life we start doing things right just like you said you had a, a little crisis and you Bounce back from it just like a phoenix raising out the ashes. So doing this work will fill a large void of what you didn't have. But what's next? Because here's the thing. Uh outside of this uh pandemic, there's been a new aspect that's happened to people. People are re- reinventing, I mean, re inventing themselves multiple times they're doing it more because we had so much free time then that you know we were able to relax and now we have that in our system now it's not something that we were conditioned for 10 years ago we were just told get the education go do the job if you have aspirations or hobbies like podcasting would have been a hobby had we you know for some people i mean i was doing it beforehand but it it would have been a hobby for most so or is a hobby for most still right now. And then they're turning it into something, making money and they're no longer working their normal nine to five. So what's the next step for Jennifer? What's the next evolution for you outside of this?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I've thought outside of this, I've thought more about where I want to go with this, which is okay. I want to have an effect on the larger coaching community. Um, i feel not happy with the coaching community I'm going to be honest there's you wouldn't think it cuz we're all life coaches it's very competitive it's very cutthroat um I want to help change that culture I want to get life coaches together to work together to see each other as colleagues and coworkers okay. and to create a sense of community that right now
0: we're lacking okay i can see that now um i pay homage to this show uh it's called 2020 2020 was a news magazine um when i was growing up that i was in love with it. i mean it was one of those things where you just you just knew that was going to be on tv friday night it came on it came on at 10 and uh the crazy thing was was that uh, John Sossel was on there. John Sossel was a comedian to a degree with the things that he talked about. Diane Sawyer, to me, was the best interviewer out of her and Barbara Walters. You give Barbara Walters her respect because she's the older statesman or stateswoman of that show. So she asked questions that were that were way more personal or heavy into detail, but they they basically kept you going. They kept you you know, in a certain realm. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few um, 2020 questions. We're not going to do Let's the John, do we we won't do the John Stossel questions because for all that, we could just do a live one night and have fun with that. Um, and I'll ask maybe one or two Diane Sawyer questions. Uh, okay. I'll start off obviously with Diane Sawyer because she would have been what you heard earlier. Um, and we will keep going from there. Sure. All right, so, all right, so here it goes. Um, first off, taking time to help people with, uh, ADHD and the executive, um, executive, hold on, I've lost it. Executive is a uh,
1: functioning.
0: Yeah. Functioning. Um, helping with that, that is a time consuming matter. So you have to displace time for that. You can't just sit around and not, uh, allow yourself, uh, you know, not to take care of that kind of stuff. So with that being said, uh how do you specialize and take time for these people like how do you know like do you a lot 45 minutes as an excuse because we had a discussion in a pre-call about something that happened with me and me myself personally I'll give you a little stick so you can uh think about this for me for instance if we have an interview and it's supposed to be at um four o'clock for instance or five o'clock I wait until 506 at 506 I send you a notice. It's a nice thing. I say, Hey, it looks like we missed our interview. Um, And depending on the content and how our conversation went prior, because I always try to be very business savvy, but be friendly at the same time. If our conversation was just business and there was no filler, then I know that I have to cancel your interview and say, I wish you the best on your future endeavors. And that's so different than what you're doing. But, if it's someone that I've become friendly with, we become familiar. A lot of times if you hit me with one of those little West Virginia stories or Virginia stories, or even Maryland, you got me already tied into so we're, we're friendly, we're cordial there just cause you're from my area, you know? So I will take an extra step for that person and no disrespect to anybody from that's not from the mid Atlantic or anything like that, but um, I'll take time and we'll figure something out. So how do you differentiate the time and how much time you can set aside for these people? when you have them, you know.
1: Okay. Um, well, I do hour long 45 minutes to an hour sessions with my students. Um, we were talking before we started and my attitude is if you're not showing up, it's because I haven't taught you how yet. That is an executive functioning problem that a lot of people have where they're late or they miss things. And because of the people I deal with, I always say my late policy is that I don't have one. Okay. Okay. I will stop sitting on the computer at 15 after our appointment, but when you come to me and say oh it's, it's 25 minutes late i'm gonna make sure we get a reschedule in there as soon as we can and i will rearrange my life for it being an adhd coach my life is about missed canceled and rescheduled appointments okay and i don't Ever want my clients or students to feel like they're embarrassed or they feel bad and they're afraid to come to our next session because they're embarrassed because they missed the last one? Oh, very. So okay. while I technically have office hours, I don't. I will get on the computer at four in the morning for somebody who's in on the east coast when i'm on the west coast and i will stay up all night to do it the other way
0: okay and i can appreciate that because you're explaining and people know that they're able to uh, do that with you all right so going deeper into this real quick Um, you have a student that's having a rough rough time you're 32 miles away from that student by chance you have a chance to actually meet up with that student. Do you meet up with that student or do you still keep this policy of being where you are away from that person?
1: Oh, oh no, we're going out for ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I get a chance and I have occasionally where I'm in the area of one of my students, I always invite them out. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go get hot chocolate, depending on the season. Um, let's go see your favorite places. I want you to show me around your life a little. Um, I build a relationship with these kids, you know, where, where I'm not going to say we're friends cause they're teenagers, right? but we're close. We build a relationship and I want to be part of their lives. If I have a chance to go see where they hang out after school, I want to see that. If I can meet their friends and family, that would be amazing. That not only gives me insight into them, it also enhances my life. Okay. Okay. And I can go with that. And I like that. Now, um,
0: the further and further that you get in depth with uh, your students and, you know, you, you see them through some years. Let's say you start ninth grade with them twelfth grade. Um Would you personally make some time to come to a graduation or,
1: or, or. Absolutely. Absolutely. I made plans, unfortunately, uh, due to circumstances on the kids end, it was canceled, but I made plans to go see one of my students who surfs to go see one of his competitions. Um, if they have a special event, if they're doing something that speaks to them, that means something to them. Yeah. I want to be there. Absolutely. I have a wedding to go to later this fall from actually my very, very first client who started out as a student. And then we kept working together and I just got involved in his life. And I, you know, knew about this relationship since he had a crush (laughs) you know i knew about it before she did so i'm very excited about that okay
0: now let's get into a difficult situation um and this is something that has to be asked because people get lost in translation with this and, and it hurts me but i always like to know this you get out here and you're working with someone And we're talking about the initial three to three to seven days that you're working with them. And you're trying to keep a compatibility going. Is there an instance where you have to pull back when there's not a compatibility or do you stick it out with that person? Cause some people um, through services will see it out and will figure a way around things. But in some instances, Maybe you're not the help that they need and maybe they need a different structure. So what is your thought and your position on that?
1: I'm fairly good at reading people and I have a good idea of, is it just reluctance? Is it just, this is a new weird thing that I'm doing. I'm talking to somebody online about my issues. If that's the case, we're going to work through that. But if we're just not clicking, if, if they feel like I'm not getting them, if they're, if I feel their discomfort, I'm going to help them find a new coach. Okay. I'm going to say, you know, I'm not sure we're going to click here, but I know somebody great. That's another reason I want to connect with other coaches and change the culture. Because if I'm not the right coach for you, somebody out there is. And I want you to have that.
0: And see, that right there is what I appreciate. So in finding this other coach, how are you going to instruct them? How are you going to help them facilitate what this person needs? Because you've seen what they need, right? But it just, they couldn't get the message through you. How do you collaborate and get that person or that uh, extra, that other help aligned with your former client?
1: So I will sit down with the coach and the student at the same time, introduce them. And just give a little synopsis. You know, this is what they're looking for. This is wonderful things that I know about this coach. And let them take it from there. It's, I don't want to push my way in. If we're not connecting, I want you to connect with the other person.
0: Reflecting back on this conversation with uh, Jennifer Monroe, it was a pretty amazing uh, conversation for me to have with her because it was like basically at the end of this conversation, she gave some insight that you normally don't get from someone. So I definitely want to thank Jennifer Munroe for that and uh, definitely check in the show notes uh, to find out where you can meet and greet her uh, across the Internet. And stay tuned for more to come from West Virginia and Commonplace. I am Jr. Um, I am signing off and once again, let me go back in there and throw in all that extra stuff, www.wvuncommonplace.com. We are here to help other podcasters. If you need help with consulting, um, different little, uh, things that we can help you niche down, stuff like that. We have shirts and everything else on our square site. Everything is within the link tree on Instagram. So please make your way over there and, uh, take advantage of all that great stuff that West Virginia commonplace has to offer.